have been affected by trauma. You know, like, I think even just being 19 and, you know, it could be the simplest thing to somebody else. But for me, like being robbed at the age of 19, you know, to me, that was, mm-hmm. yes, yes go that deep. was, I mean, mm-hmm. literally, you know, and you're 19 and I'm 19 years old. I'm working two jobs. I'm working in, in the board ed at one point and was working for the movie theater. And I'm literally five minutes, like two minutes from my house. And I have, a, and I'm walking with my friend and all I know is that I got a gun on me. You were on the mm-hmm. floor and they got a gun to his head. Mm-hmm. So just, you know, in that moment, you're like, okay, well, either I'm going to pass out if they shoot him or I'm going to die. You know what I mean? So that's something right. traumatic, mm-hmm. like not knowing in that moment whether you're going to live or die. And then, you know, you make Thanks. it through that and then you're literally like two minutes from home. It's just like terrifying. The Sophisticatedly Ratchet podcast is a roundtable formatted conversational podcast about any and everything. Six black queens and kings from New York City. Sharing our views on black lifestyle, culture, relationships, religion, and current events. Here at SR, we strive to give our listeners the real in a world of fake. Worldly professionals with class that also know how to switch it up. Now let's talk our wild shit. Hey, thank you for listening to Sophisticatedly Ratchet. This is Mo. I'm your moderator for today. I want to just introduce my kings and my queen. I'm going to start off with Flash the Philosopher. How are you doing today, King? What it do, beloved? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. What's up? How you doing, Mash? What's going on out there? I ain't shit. I'm out here living life, trying to make the best of every day. You know, spew God at it. Drip, drip. That's what's up. The spew God, always. I want to introduce a queen <laughs> who also my bestie, TJ. What's good? Hey, bestie. Talk your shit, girl. Of course, of course. Next, I want to introduce my boy, Boogie. What's good, Boogie? What's going on, Mo? And of course, my boy, always, Shake. What's good, Shake? Hey, what's good? What's good? We here. We here, always. So, for today, I would like to discuss mental health and counseling in the minority community. You know, people always look at counseling as being crazy or that's the stigma around it do we think that mental health and or counseling is used as a support in our community you know and i also want to um define just what trauma is trauma is an emotional response to a terrible event like an accident rape or natural disaster immediately after the event shock and denial are typical longer term reactions include unpredictable emotions flashback strained relationships and even physical symptoms like headaches or nausea so that's just to define what trauma is cuz i know a lot of times when i talk or speak today i'm i may mention trauma and it's just to tie it into myths and stigma around counseling and mental health so of course part of sr you know we come through with the burner questions so that's what we're going to talk about right now y'all ready yes let's ma'am let's get into it let's do it so the first burner question is, do you feel most people experience trauma and not know how to identify it? Mm. All right. I see Flash got, yep. TJ has yes. Shake has yes. Mash has yes. Boogie got yes. Everybody right. has yes. <laughs> Anybody want to elaborate? Unanimous decision. <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of traumatized people in this room. I think we can all agree that trauma is across the board. Trauma across the board. Exactly. Anybody want to elaborate? Yo. Go ahead. Now, I was going to say, in terms of like answering that question, I feel like as, you know, speaking for myself, there are things I find out that I go through that I, I did not know was trauma until I had to like kind of address an issue internally, immensely, whatnot. 
Absolutely. For example, like maybe verbal abuse by a parent, you know, you may not think of it as verbal abuse, but then you kind of realize how your actions and how you behave kind of reflect, you know, whatever that was that was said back then. That could be trauma that you mm-hmm. did Facts. not know about until, you know, at that point later in life. Absolutely. 100%. I mean, sometimes trauma could be so small that you don't recognize that you've been affected by it. Like, it's just something that you, 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 you may not even realize, you know, I do this this way, or you may think of it like, okay, I do this this way because of this, but you don't think of it as trauma. You know what I mean? Mm. My son, as a matter of fact, he had trauma when he was a kid and it, it seems so, it's like something so small, um, traumatized him. Now he's, he's scared to death of butterflies. Right. And you know, <laughs> My my little my little daughter, she's always like, "Yo, you're a punk. You scared of butterflies?" But I can go back and I can tell you exactly when the trauma happened to him. No, he was watching an episode of SpongeBob, right? And on the episode of SpongeBob, they did a close up of a butterfly, and the butterfly had like monster teeth. It went, Rah! "Yo, from then." <laughs> That traumatized him forever. Like I was, mm. <laughs> we we took him to the house of butterflies at, at the Bronx Zoo. Let me tell Why you something. Do that? <laughs> <laughs> no, we were just, we just happened to be. We didn't know he was as scared as oh, he okay. is. Gotcha. Like yo, but he was terrified. <laughs> People don't just take random trips to the butterfly museum. <laughs> yeah, nah, no, 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 no. It was in the Bronx Zoo. It was in the Bronx Zoo. There's like a house of butterflies. So we we was there. Oh. We walked in there. Like when I tell you, this motherfucker was looking at me like. <gasps> <laughs> he was not having it. Yeah, he had. He, we had to get him out of there. We had to get him out of there. And now, you know, all, all the time, his little sister is like, "Oh, Jojo, there's a butterfly." <laughs> so she be coming at him. How old is he? How old is he? Was he at the time? Right now, oh, the butterfly museum. Well, he had to be about eight or nine around that time. Okay, okay. he had to be That's about eight or nine. Since then, has he has he gotten better with butterflies? Um, I don't know. I don't bring him around butterflies, wow. okay. but his little sister is still making fun of him. Let's just say so. He might still be a little bit like weary you know, of butterflies. You know what came to mind for me when you said that? I think about every chick that I dealt with who got a butterfly tattoo on their body somewhere and how horrifying <laughs> that's going to be for him. Oh my God. <laughs> I can't, I can't it's a tramp. I can't. Why would you put that on yourself? <laughs> I don't like women with, kind of, like with tattoos like that. I know. Crazy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> butterfly right, tattoos. tattoos. That'd be the justification was being like, nah, I ain't Exactly. Like, but he don't want he don't want to talk about the trauma. Right. He don't want to talk right. about right. it. Right. So I'm gonna ask y'all another question. Would you ever see a therapist? Okay, so I'm gonna tell y'all I have hell yeah. TJ has for sure. Boogie, mash, <laughs> shake, and Flash have so what had happened was or sophisticatedly ratchet. Nah, Matt, 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 sophisticatedly ratchet. Sophisticatedly ratchet. ratchet. Yeah, we complicated. Shake and Flash have it's complicated. Yeah. Why do y'all feel it's complicated? I'm I'm gonna say for me, I'm scared shitless of going to a therapist because I already felt like I had to deal with my own little issues growing up, whether it was like bouts with anxiety or how I was raised and shit, and I felt like I've gotten to a point where. I'm comfortable, like where I'm at, and I for me, I feel like if I go to a therapist right now, just for me, I probably I'm probably gonna find out a whole bunch of problems I didn't even know I fucking had or some shit, and I I can't right. take that kind of energy in my life right now. If I was gonna go to a therapist for something else that wasn't me, 
and maybe it would just be if I'm talking about like a marriage therapist or or something else like that. I'm totally open to that. But um, as for me right now, I'm I'm scared shitless to want to go to a therapist because I don't think I need it at the moment. I feel like I've learned to deal with my own little demons or whatnot in a way where it doesn't affect my everyday life. Do you think that your issues could contribute to whatever issues you have in your relationship? And so sometimes you have to get to the root cause. So fix your stuff that might help the relationship. You know what I mean? Like your relationship Agreed. issues might be because of your own issues. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. And I would say, and, and I, I mean, I, I appreciate the challenge. And I, I would say like, yeah, I've learned to deal with the issues that I believe that I had. And, and whether, whether it was a commitment issues or, or like I said, like I said, certain bouts with, with having like anxiety and stuff like that. I've just learned how to over the years deal with that when I, cause I, to me, I didn't probably even know what a therapist was or how a therapist could help me or that I would require a therapist. I mean, at least for me and my conditions as far as why I thought I needed one. But, uh, yeah. Right, what was you Mash, saying, Mash? And Mash, you no, also I was saying said, that I challenged that because, uh, no, I was going to oh, say, no, I was going to say you also said sophisticatedly ratchet. I wanted to touch on why you, yeah, I said sophisticatedly ratchet because um, I dated a therapist for a long time. She was a marriage or family therapist, certified PhD. Well, I don't know if she had a PhD yet, but mm. she she was on her way and she was in it. Wow. In it. And um, the reason I question what you had stated, Flash, is because it sounds like you're going in it with the mindset that it's going to come out negative, you know, as if they're going to say something unearthing about you in a negative kind of way. But when in all reality, they might give you some tools to better cope with the things that you already do well. Yes. You know what I mean? It could I give agree you with that. that. They could give you that, that, um, extra information that you might not have thought of or extra, extra perspective, like we do in this roundtable conversation, you know? Mm-hmm. So I challenge and that, that for that so reason. Helpful. Like you'd be surprised yeah. when a different perspective can like bring you in terms of clarity, like not saying that you need it, but it can definitely help improve upon what you already know yeah. about yourself and how you deal with yourself and all that. Right. Mm-hmm. And before I move on to the next, oh, you're yeah, good. Sorry. I'm no, sorry. No, I'm sorry. I actually, like, I, in terms of what Flash said, I've actually seen a therapist and I actually did not have a good experience with one. I felt that it was kind of, I won't say like a waste of my time, but I feel like it wasn't worth the effort in terms of like, like put, making myself vulnerable. So I definitely understand what Flash says in terms of not like wanting to like, put yourself out there in terms of the effort. It may not, it may feel wasted, but I definitely like in terms of, I don't want to say flash an example because he's, as he said, he's maintaining his things and whatnot. But in terms of anyone who may be having difficulty, I, I definitely recommend not giving up on it because if you don't do it, problem not fixed. Right. And that's easier said right. than done um, in every sense of the word. And I will also say, just to piggyback on what you're saying, Boogie, is that you may not find that perfect person that understands you, that you feel like open to, like that you can open up with. So I challenge people to like find someone else. You know, and it's really important if you're black, maybe to find another black male so you can get that perspective or a black female that can give you another perspective or something like that, you know, where you can relate to them. And you don't have to stick to one therapist. Yes, right. that's so true. Right. Because it's your choice to, to kind of sit with them and gather if they're for you or not. So if you're not comfortable with that therapist, always feel free to find somebody else who you can identify with that you feel that can, uh, you know, help you or assess you that you have that connection to as well. Yeah, it's a two-way street. Yeah, I, f- I feel like I missed that train. That's all I'm saying. If I was supposed to have therapy, I was supposed to have that shit years Not ago. Not necessarily. I'm sure it'll come back to you, brother. It's never too late. But, uh, Mash, you said you dated a therapist. Like, you said sophisticated ratchet. Is dating a therapist like therapy? Or you just realize dating a therapist, you don't need therapy? Word. That's a good one. When I was dating the therapist, she helped me have a better understanding of how I feel about things. And it helped 
my understanding of my relationships. So it was really, really helpful to have her in my corner at all times because I always had that that sense of perspective from that, you know, industry, you know, so it was really helpful. It felt like I had therapy sessions every day, you know, because we talked and we, when we talked, we really, really talked. I so agree. that was really helpful. Great. I'm going to go into the our last burner question. And our last burner question is, do you feel physical and or verbal disciplining of children can lead to trauma? I'm just keeping my car for sure out. <laughs> wow. I'm so glad I'm not the only one to put this up because I know it's not. That's definitely not so, black and white. Five of us put up. Five of us put up. Sophisticatedly ratchet mash put yes for sure. So that's very interesting. And I feel like my ratchet is not too far from yes neither. But I feel like there needs to be a balance with that shit. Okay, dive in, boogie. Like I definitely believe in like you know if kids get out of line, I definitely feel like spankings are necessary sometimes. I know I'm someone that got spanked, and I'm not someone who's like itching to commit crimes because I knew my I wasn't scared of police. I was scared of my parents with my ass. Um. That's me mm-hmm. keeping a hundred. That's a fact. Right. But I do feel like it does help you as an adult. Like you know, like you wouldn't do that if your parents was looking out as an adult. Like you know better not to do that. So I don't know. I just I feel like it can be helpful, but obviously abuse, like overuse of it, that that can um f you up for real, for real, verbal, right? Especially. And I think that's exactly what you why I answered that way yeah. as well for me, um, sophisticatedly ratchet because the question was. Do you feel like it's okay to discipline your child verbally or physically? Although I don't want to personally, um, put, like physically beat my kids or anything like that. Disciplining them is okay. Abuse is not right. okay. So Facts. I feel like there's a, a huge difference in that. Um, and do you feel disciplining um, requires physical touch? Like, do you feel like you physically have to put? I mean, it doesn't okay. have to. I do not, not agree with that. It depends. I do not want to hit my kids. Describe verbal discipline. Verbal discipline is go sit in the corner for 10 minutes. I think when I think of um, verbal disciplining, I think of um, parents threatening their kids. Well, like, yo, get your ass over here before I bust you in your motherfucking right. head. Well, that, that, <laughs> that, I, that, I, when I hear that right, right there. That, could be, that to me is abuse. <laughs> I thought clarity was kind of like verbal discipline. Like when you got to explain to your kids something that they did wrong and right and the consequences of that in terms of like making them understand what they did was wrong. I'm looking at that as verbal discipline. You know, that kind of mm. correcting your child in terms of. of I agree. That's what we're saying, too, books, right. I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. What Shake said is different. Like, you're yeah, instilling yeah. fear into Good. the child, though. You think that's okay? Oh, uh, well, it is okay. I'm going to be honest you with you. You needed that shit. That's I was, why. I was, you remember what your ass did. I was, I was, I was, some parents, some parents rather threaten their kids than actually hit their kids. Some right. crazy shit is the parents who threaten their kids are the ones who barely hit them, put hands on them. But they'll be like, yo, I'll bust you in your fucking head. You better get your ass back here, whatever. Da, 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 da. Sometimes kids need that and you don't want to take it to, to actual hitting. I feel like. I come from a West Indian household. Well, my family, my my half of my family is West Indian, mm-hmm. right? And you know, corporal punishment is a part of being in this household. Like, Absolutely. if you get in trouble, you're gonna get your butt whipped, and that's how I grew up. Now, as Same. a kid, I ain't gonna hold you. I used to cry in, in the corner and be like, "I will never hit my kids like this. Never, <laughs> never." <laughs> <laughs> I don't want them to feel this type of pain. But um, now that I, when I got older. If I was a parent, I'd have beat you for saying some shit like that. I just right. disrespect <laughs> No, but I agree. Coming, <laughs> but, I also, like, what? <laughs> but I also feel coming from a, 
coming from a Caribbean household, yeah, you know, I know for me, I did get, I, I did get spanked, but I don't feel like that traumatized me. And it's different for different people. You have some people that's getting, you know, like mm-hmm. really physically abused and, you know, that different like, kind of yeah. level, like beat it right. So even though I got spanked, do I feel traumatized from it? No, not necessarily. Can I be honest, yo? I ain't gonna front. I come from West Indian family too, and I was actually thankful mm-hmm. for my ass whoopings as a right. child. Me I don't too. know why, me and too. it's weird for me to mm-hmm. grow up, but it made me so much more tougher. It made me so much more thorough with understanding that there are going to be repercussions and some that I'm not gonna be mm-hmm. able to control if I don't do the right shit in right. life. Mm-hmm. And it did shape me, not me, and but at the same time, though. It does make me not want to discipline my kid in that way if I'm the half kid. But then at the same time, for me, the double edged sword is that I think my, my kid's going to he's going to be kind of soft or he or she might be kind of soft because they don't have that <laughs> that threshold for disciplining. I guess no, I, don't, I don't agree but, with you that. Just your kids soft. That's my opinion. That's my opinion. I'm just saying. But but, but no, you can't say that. You can't. Did it work for you, though? Like, why would you not yo, yeah. flash Put that with your child if it worked for you? Because it depends on the kid. Because it depends right, on the it kid. Does, it does depend on the right. kid. Right. But what, what works for me is because I once again, like I said, I that happened to me. And I say it worked for me because of my how I processed it and the thoughts that I had associated with disciplining the kid physically. Did I like it going through it? No, but I'm. For some reason, I'm thankful for it just after everything happened. Yo, but- Flash, Flash. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, nah, nah, go ahead, go ahead. Kim. Oh, yo, in, in all honesty, I am I feel the way you feel. I'm thankful for my ass whoopings. I didn't get my ass whooped much as a kid, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I don't believe that. But I did get my ass whooped once in the blue. I, 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 shut up. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it happened once in the blue. Okay, somebody mute her mic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't. It happened once in the blue And one time One significant time I can think of it happening Is when I was in junior high school And I was following my cousin And I was cutting school No, no He had been telling me about cutting school From the time I was in elementary school And I was like Yo, when I get there When I get to junior high I'm cutting too So I cut for an entire month Right? With my cousin Pretty much doing nothing We finally got caught by the police And they called my father at his job Now, let me tell you something Ain't no fear. Like the fear of my father being called at his job. Like he was just like, he was calm and stoic about it. No, yeah. No, truancy officers. No, don't worry. Mm -hmm. I'll deal with it. And then we went to the school and the T and the principal called him again to let him know exactly how many days I had cut. Mm. Now, when I got home, needless to say, I I got my ass whipped. I got my right ass whipped. Right. Now, right I, tw- 20, 20 years later, okay, I go back to Trinidad to thank him for that ass whipping because at the end of the Did day, because that's so. after that? Never again. Okay. Not, not even so high school. He, right. <laughs> not even in high school, I cut school. I just, I, re- I did not cut school again. And I feel like that ass whipping kept me from making bad decisions because now I think about the repercussions of these decisions because if I don't have any type of repercussion for it I'm just going to keep on doing right. it nobody's going to stop me and I'm, exactly. I'm a kid and to be honest with you kids got some of these kids got some really hard heads and although spankings should be the last result it should be the last result they, sometimes they need to get there sometimes you have to get right. there with some kids and let me tell you something yo your ass weapons was for, for at least my family and shit it was like a rites of passage and it's like you graduate during the 
the different I levels of uh, discipline. No, because no, because you start with the, like you know, you, no, no, you start with the ass. I'm gonna tell you why. You start with the ass whooping. You get your ass whooping as a kid, a smaller kid. You crying, running from the belt right. and shit. And then you get to mm-hmm. a certain point. Now you got to take it. You got to you just sit there and take your ass whooping. Because the belt evolves. Get to the, the belt turns into a brush. Right. Like the you belt know, turns into a broom. Right. The belt turns into so like, different levels and shit. But when you get like to the Pokemon. last stage, cord. when yeah, you get yeah, to like yeah. the last stages, and you start gra- you start grabbing the belts and the weapons, and you sh- and you and you showing a rebellion in, in, in think, your. I think that's abuse, though. Once you get to that, kind of like. <laughs> hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. But you start grabbing the belt and shit. So now you at like the fourth level, and then the fifth level is like when they hit you with it, you like it doesn't even move. Like <laughs> now, now you can send it. Oh gosh, I can't. You become you become so strong. You become so strong within those stages of ass whooping. You you you're at your level is crazy. Exactly. I'm telling I'm you. I'm a co I'm a co-sign you on that right. one. So this is Mash. I come from an American household. Blackity blackity black. Like if reparations were due, I give forty acres in a mule. That's how black I am. So my Facts. family believed in ass whoopings and for me when i have children i don't want to beat them i feel like there's got to be a better way like even though my parents did it to me it's only because they parents didn't know no better and i feel like they just passed that forward and that's what i wind up with i don't want that for my kids but like flash said i did feel like a rite of passage when that ass whooping stopped hurting and i was just looking at moms like you gotta do better Right. You got you got to right. do better because this ain't gonna work. You know, what I mean? feel like exactly. my mom's would be better if I ever gave her that tone to like, like, yeah, right. Oh, it's exactly. not okay. I'll be right back. I don't. I would not want to give them that kind of like. Yo, I play dumb. Like when I was a kid, I used to make that. I used to make it look like it hurt. Like, no, all the time. I'm all trying the time. to make this shit over and done. Yo, yo, how many of y'all? How many of y'all knew y'all was getting ass whoopings and wore extra pair of pants and shorts and like you was ready for the ass whoopings? Like, yeah, I'm ready. The shirts was extra thick. You had a shirt and then a double shirt on top of that. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to just say this real quick because I know the moderator wants to yeah. move on. I, I can feel your energy, yes, moderator. I'm about to move on. Um, I just want to say, my dad, Aww. when he would beat me, like I just felt like it was abuse. And it was mainly because he beat me for like the stupidest things, like your uniform tie mm. was missing, right? Mm. You know, like stupid and things. That is abuse and to me, that's abuse. I also think gender plays a role as well. Like I like Yeah, seeing a grown ass man like, hit a little girl, it bothers me. Even saying that with you guys right I now. I even do this. I'll probably get like wifey to do that. You know, I get right. like discipline my girl or something like that. And I and that's what yeah, and I and I agree with that. I agree. I think I think it's a little different for a male to hit like a you know, a female child, especially when you're young, you're six. I mean, I got my ass whooped by everybody. Yeah, but so But you a male though, lucky I feel females. like as, as a girl, I'm not sure if that abuse would work. Yeah, you know I mean both ways. Right. No, I get that. I'm just saying in terms right. of it's not fair. It's not it's not fair. Y'all are just as bad as we are. I, I know we about to move on to the actual topic. I just wanna say I don't know the man, but I just I wanna just send a special shout out to Sheikh's father because I definitely agree that he should have got his ass whooped for missing school for thirty days straight. <laughs> like, yo, I'd be I lucky can. to be walking if my parents caught me doing some shit like that and I'm being a hundred. Like nigga, I'd be crippled. And he's the like, preacher's kid. It's usually right. them. Bad, shout out to Shake Pops for real, for real. Badass badass whipping was just I'm gonna shout out Shake Pops real quick too because when I I ain't gonna go off on nothing, but when when me and Mash first met Shake Pop, he reminds me just of Jodo. And we met him really? on some random shit. We met, we met word, him out on the road on word. some random shit, having a random conversation. And he was just the most jovial. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we sitting there walking, Kenny. We don't even know this is Joe's. Yeah, we didn't know his father. We didn't know his father. But he nah, already yeah. like befriended us. So, yeah, so and, how we met him was we was in Trinidad, right? And we was waiting by the by the dock at this hotel we was chilling at. We was at the Hyatt. 
and we were just chilling by the water and his pops came out to where we was at and we started talking to him like strangers. We're like, oh yeah, oh, this is my uncle, da 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 da. Well, not his uncle, but his brother. We was chopping it up with this guy. Yeah. I was like, damn, this nigga's mad cool. When we go inside the hotel lobby, we see Joe. He's like, oh, that's my father. <laughs> like, oh shit, that's your father? <laughs> oh my God. See? Apple don't fall. Exactly how Apple it don't fall too far from the tree. Um, uh-huh. so I just want to, I want to bring us back, you know, full circle. Um, cause I know without burner questions, we get into it and stuff, but I just really want to get back to like, you know, mental health and counseling in the minority com- community. And what is the stigma around that? Like, what is the stigma in the myth around that? And I think, you know, when you talk about counseling, it's automatically, oh my God, this person is crazy. Um, I'm just going to speak from my point, like, you know, me being a licensed social worker, um, I have gone to counseling, you know, because in, Gang, you know, gang. I have gone to counseling because I can't heal anyone if I haven't healed myself, you know? So mm-hmm. as a social worker, I have to heal myself in order for me to support somebody else. And it's a lot to deal with other people's baggage too, and not kind of take on that counter transference or, <laughs> and things of that nature. So, you know, I, you know, me personally, I don't look at it as a negative connotation, but however, but in the minority community, it's, it's, therapy oh you crazy oh i don't need therapy and i'm not seeing no shrink and and it always goes to that direction but why we can't look at it as as a positive thing even if we're doing well just as a support to keep us enlightened to keep us enriched why do we not all of us but why do we have to look at that as a negative thing like even with marriage counseling marriage is a positive thing and in order to get married they like to do counseling so that that's i just wanted to put that out there go ahead mash so you had mentioned um, your work, mm-hmm. and I know that you're an individual, and I know that for you to be in the world of social work, you have to be very empathetic. My mom's is in mm-hmm. social work, and she takes a lot of shit home. Like she cannot decompress after she experiences or hears the mm-hmm. stories that people are going through. So my question to you is: Did you go to therapy to address something like that in, in your experience? Or do you go to therapy to address things well, like that? Well, I haven't that? been to therapy as of late, you know, as in a while. But um, so basically a lot of social workers, we deal with something that's called vicarious trauma. So you just deal with it, you know, because okay. you're seeing these things over and over again in these different kind of cases. And you do, you try to take it home with you. One thing that I try to do is I try to disconnect with, you know, with those things. And for me, like, I feel like <clears throat> when I kind of think back, you're like, what is my trauma? Like, what is, or have I ever been affected by trauma? Um and I do think that I've been affected by trauma, you know, like I think even just being 19 and, you know, it could be the simplest thing to somebody else. But for me, like being robbed at the age of 19, you know, to me, that was, mm-hmm. yes, yes go that deep. was, I mean, mm-hmm. literally, you know, and you're 19 and I'm 19 years old. I'm working two jobs. I'm working in, in the board ed at one point and I was working for the movie theater. And I'm literally five minutes, like two minutes from my house. And I have, a, and I'm walking with my friend and all I know is that I got a gun on me. You were on the mm-hmm. floor and they got a gun to his head. Mm-hmm. So just, you know, in that moment, you're like, okay, well, either I'm going to pass off, they shoot him, or I'm going to die. You know what I mean? So that's something right. traumatic, mm-hmm. like not knowing in that moment whether you're going to live or die. And then, you know, you make Thanks. it through that and then you're literally like two minutes from home. It's just like terrifying, you know? So I think I had to kind of deal with that. Even, you know, things with my father. But I think just that particular incident in my head is just being very, was very traumatic for me. You know, to have a gun on mm. you and at any point in time, somebody could just pull a trigger and end you right then and there. That's a lot to deal with. So you have nah, to flush out. Sure. Yeah, for so sure. you have to flush those things out and recognize that because you don't even want to talk about it because it's traumatizing. So you have to talk about it. You know, I could talk about it freely now yeah. because I, 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 I feel did like my work. that's so much easier said than done. Though that talking stuff, yeah. like it sounds easy, like before you do it, but 
like, I don't want to make excuses. I, I know that, like, speaking from my experience, I know it wasn't easy to, like, come out. Like, it was it was looked at as soft or emotional right. if you try to, like, say how you feel. That's You know, that's my experience as to why probably if I had mental health issues, I wouldn't care to look into it. Like, I wasn't someone who had to be strong. So I wasn't the problem mm-hmm. with you. And that right. was not, like, helpful as a child growing up because as you start to realize that, you know, there's a cycle and you're doing the same thing over and over. It gets to the point where it's not them. You have to look at yourself in terms of the problems that you have, and especially mm-hmm. when there repeat issues, you know. Right. And that, unfortunately, is that's how I had to learn in terms of that, that I needed to kind of look yeah. into it. And that's unfortunately what happens. A lot of a lot of brothers and sisters probably have to, like, go through that cycle of these repeat lessons to kind of, like, get it, you know. And hopefully it's easier now. But I know, you know, speaking from my experience growing up, it was not. But that's it right there. But like you said, that's the stigma about you speaking up. Oh, I'm soft because I want to go. You know, why do we have to stigmatize yeah. that? Why do we have I to mean, be soft? I mean, nobody wants to admit that. Right. Though, you know? Why do you have it's to? Shameful. Why do you have to be soft? Why can't you be well within yourself, but just want to heal yourself. That doesn't mean you're soft. I think that makes you a stronger person to deal with whatever mm-hmm. you got going on internally. So, you know, that's just like a little stigma I, around that. I think a big part of that is that society has changed a lot about society's worldview of mental health has evolved a lot from like the nineties yes. to now. hundred percent. You know, hundred percent. Like we are more in touch with how we feel Absolutely. and expressing those feelings. And we are, we and this is going to sound like I'm, you know, all pro black all the time because I am, but where our voices <laughs> are heard yes. now, like I feel like we, we get the justification and why we feel mm. like I feel upset that the police pulled me over. This is traumatic. Mm-hmm. Like just because you suspect me of a crime and I didn't do anything, you don't have the right to give me this experience of trauma and stress. Like I didn't do anything. That's mm-hmm. a valid example of trauma. I think that now our voices are being heard and we are able to recognize those things that you mentioned, Boogie, and move forward to address it way more than we could in the past. Social media makes it very easy to communicate these things than it was before, you know? Like, you can put a tweet and reach out to people immediately versus probably wouldn't know who to contact initially back in the day. Right. TJ, what's your thoughts? That's a whole other topic, how people are emotionalizing um, their feelings in a tweet or in a, you know, in a post. I feel like that- not even that, but just saying it's easier to communicate as a whole. If you if you've experienced abuse by someone, you you have outlets to communicate that more like than a platform, right. exactly. Mm-hmm. Right, absolutely. Yeah. I wanted to kind of tap on to what Mash had said, like how it's evolving over time, and I can speak for myself, mm-hmm. being raised in a Caribbean household where Christianity was like the center. You know, I felt like the way that we looked at mental illness, the stigma over it was. You can get it prayed for, whatever your issue is. And I'm talking about real mental illness. Give it to God. I'm not talking about, you know, you just sad one day, which is not, I don't mean to downplay, you know, depression or anything like that. But I'm talking about like, you have schizophrenia. They're like, it's the devil in you. We're going to, you know, pray it out. You know, I even have, you know, a family member that is a medical professional, went to Ivy League colleges and- She's a doctor and, you know, like she's, she's subscribed to, you know, we can pray this out of you instead of saying, Hey, you need to be really re- evaluated. It's okay. And we can get treated and we can support you through it because there's a lot of people that think, you know, like it's not okay. And, and, and it's, it's abnormal and not that it's not abnormal. I'm just trying to say that these mental illnesses really do exist. And you don't need to downplay it by saying that let's pray for it and that's it. You know, people do need to get evaluated. I also had a friend where she had some issues and I suggested Mm -hmm. to her, you know, 
Maybe mm-hmm. you should get seen by an actual therapist and by a psychologist so that they can actually support you because you may need to be on some medication, a psychiatrist that can put you on my medication for whatever it is, because whatever you're experiencing is real. Mm-hmm. Depression right. is real and you don't have to live with it. You know, you can do the all natural route or you could, which is something that I would look into, right. or you can actually take medication because it's not okay to live your life like that or to downplay it and act like it's not true. And she was very offended yeah. by me offering. And I it. just want to say things. And I no, think go ahead. I just, go ahead. just because you touched on medication. And I think that's what people feel like, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm crazy. Cause I got to take medication, but they have to realize the medication is to put you back on balance because your mental health or whatever's going on with you, you're imbalanced at that point in time. So the medication is to make you stable. Now, everybody may not meet, need medication because they're going to therapy. So that, you know, it, it depends on, you know, how you're addressing your needs, mm-hmm, even mm-hmm. if you have to take medication. Some people self-medicate anyway. Right. Exactly. Right. And which can also cause a chemical imbalance, especially if you're supposed to be on medication right. and you're also using that now is definitely throwing you off mentally. So it's just a diff- uh, a real intense topic because I just think it gets deep, you know, it, it gets deep. And I, I don't think it's always a negative thing, mm-hmm. but I get, yes, absolutely back in the day. That's why I said it's mm-hmm. a stigma. Mo, when you said like, mm-hmm. you know, you do need the drugs or whatnot. So like, how do you feel about like when they medicate kids or whatnot, whatnot with drugs for like, let's say any type of mental Right. First issues? of all, I feel like a five-year-old shouldn't be taking medication because this, to me, they're still developing. So at five-year-old, yeah, I may be bouncing off the wall. You know, everybody, every kid that I've seen on, during my cases, on my case, oh, ADHD, 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 everybody's ADHD. But you have to realize, in my mm-hmm. opinion, some of them are still growing, you know, and kids are, ram- are mm-hmm. rambunctious. Could be things, maybe things that we, that even the parents are feeding the children. Some children eating candy early in the morning. So they on level 100. <laughs> you understand? Right. You get what I'm saying? Right. No, right. seriously. Like you right. see the parents, they giving their kid, kids chips. And all these processed, processed foods, foods that cause right. like brain issues, believe they're it or not. Chips, the red dye and, chips and all that. donuts as breakfast. And it's like, uh, you know, that's not a balanced meal. That, that yeah, kid. that's not a balanced meal. So when they get to school, they on level 100. They ready to party. And right. then the teachers, right. oh, they have ADHD because <laughs> they can't sit there. No, it may not be that. They may have donuts and candy. So you really have to do a thorough assessment I, of the children. Children definitely need to be looked at differently. Absolutely. Yeah, like you can't black and white the mental issues of children if they even are mental issues. Like right. it definitely needs to be looked at with more care and attention. Absolutely. I agree with that. Right. I think a proper assessment. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I didn't want to lose like track in terms of what TJ said about religion. Yes. And in terms of schizophrenia and major kind of mental illnesses, yes. I, I 100% agree that it should not be dismissed you know, by saying, let's just pray on it. Absolutely. I don't think that's effective, mm. especially when repeat, you know, when you're praying and it's not working and all you're doing is praying again, you know, that cycle's not helpful. However, I do feel that prayer overall is, I don't want to say, I don't want to say good for mental health, but I feel that it can, it can be helpful in terms of having clarity with yourself. So yes, yeah, I, I guess, agree. Yeah, I, I think it can help you with your mental health um, in terms of prayer, yes. just kind of, you know, just get in touch more of your spiritual self existence, obviously. For sure. I just want to kind of communicate that and make sure that wasn't lost and translate. Translate. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And Mo, you kind of added, oh, did you want to say something on the topic? Because I Go wanted ahead. to switch it. Um, in terms of ADHD, I think that that diagnosis is more for, I think it's unfair. I think it's unfair. I think that it's a short-sighted way of determining how to address a problem with a right. child. <laughs> I think that it, it's like you're only addressing a part of it. Like what other aspects lead to this child's behavior? You know, what's their family structure like? What's their environment like? What's the economic situation like? Not to cut y'all off, but for the people who may not know, can you clarify what ADHD is? Mo, that's on you. I don't know how to do the acronyms. Okay, Mm -hmm. no problem. 
attention deficit, deficit disorder, disorder I think. attention deficit disorder people need to not look at it in just such a narrow lens about what could lead to this disability that mm-hmm. could cause this kid to be distracted because there are instances when you could put a kid on a drug that stops their development mentally psychologically Thanks. and they could have been a great person right. you know but if you had just rode out that wave where they had just been extra rambunctious as a mm-hmm. kid and allowed them to develop into who they are you know but then there are instances actually, where people a, and it's actually a, it's attention deficit hyperactive hyperactivity excuse me disorder ADHD is ADD and ADHD. AD, so in the, in the H is the hyperactivity, ADHD, attention deficit, hyperactivity disorder. And then you have ADD. I'm just very against prescribing drugs to children. And I agree with you, Mash. Not everybody needs medication, you know, and I, I actually am a big um, proponent for all natural. Like, I don't want to ever put my kids on any medication. I will sit down and talk to them slowly figure out what the issue is. I'll do whatever to avoid having to put them on medication. But if they really do have an issue and we really do need it and I prayed and I did everything else. If it's something that's like literally affecting their way of life where they couldn't like function around people. Yeah. That's, that's and different. I did everything else. Then I'd be like, okay, you know, flash and yeah. shake. What do y'all take? Yeah. Nah, I, what I was trying to say is that I also agree with TJ um, on her view on how black people kind of dis- well, how black people dismiss mental health as the devil. And we just yeah, try to you would say that. pray. We just try to pray over it. And um, <laughs> also, also, as far as like counseling and stuff like that. And I also agree with you, Flash, when they say, you know, going to counseling you know, there's there's bigger problems than your mental health. They don't treat mental health as a big issue in the black community. And that's what the problem is. A lot of times we don't we don't treat it like we paying the bills is the number one issue. You know, um, keeping food on the table. You know what I mean? That right, Those, those are the priority. big issues. Right. You got to go to work. They don't prioritize Preach. their mental Preach, health. PK. I don't think it's that the fact that they don't choose to prioritize. I think they're in survival mode. Right. You can't focus yeah. on the, it's that. It's prioritizing. But that, but it's not a choice of priority. It's like, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a decision to willingly not address that thing. It's because there are other things on their plate that cause that thing to go lower on the list, you know, but not intentionally. So I don't feel like, I mean, I just don't want the idea of us to say that we aren't doing it because we willfully aren't doing it. Right. I think that we aren't doing it because we are in a space to be able to have that energy to do that. Because there are other things that are on the floor. Or not in a space to really deal with it. Like, you know what's going on, but you don't, because, because, and it's fear. Because of fear of what you think is going to be said to you, you don't want, you you know, you don't want to deal with it. Like, oh, they're going to tell me this, or they're going to tell me I need medication. Not necessarily, but at least go to find out. But it's that fear. Or they're going to take my kids away from me. Right. You know, or like, you know, Mm -hmm. like a real fear. It's a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of Uh things that contribute to that. Do you think the environment is also a factor? Like. The environment that you're in, it's like maybe you're not even in a space to even acknowledge like things like that. You know, like you, there's just like, I, obviously I can't speak for myself. There's always been food on the table. So I can't, you know, say I've led some harsh life, but I know that there are harsh lives that exist for people where food on the table was not common, you know, just things that we probably take for granted. Right. And I'm just saying like there's harsh conditions that make it where people wouldn't even know to even say these things. It's on the mind. They don't even know to look for it, you know, because there's just mm -hmm. other things that they have to do. That's exactly what I'm thinking is the generational curse. Like this is what my mama dealt with. This is what my mama's mama dealt with. And this is what I'm dealing with. So this is normal for us. Like this is, this is not an issue. Even that personality, the way she said it, like even that passes down from, from generation to generation. Like if if your Mm -hmm. mother father was a certain way, 
that may like in terms of like not being aware of their mental issues that may come to you and you may not even realize it you know i think about that that stood that um what, what was that thing you said with counselors mo that the counselors get when they um when they uh when they take home vicarious trauma you deal with a lot of like you know yo i i knew a girl who had that right there and she kept saying to me i'm going crazy i'm going crazy but you know i'm the type of person that i think automatically like you're fine stop it there's nothing wrong with you you're okay and she was she was doing the um the whole I guess uh childcare thing where she was um dealing with I guess child welfare thing. And she told me that there was this girl and she kept seeing herself in this girl. Mm. And then like she she felt like she was this girl. And then she said it was a situation in which this girl had been in a like her her apartment burned down to wow. the ground. And she was like that girl could have burned in that house. And she thought of it as that could have been me mm. burning the house. And the crazy shit is the girl, the girl wasn't that the house burned down, but the girl was never in any danger. But in her mind, she felt like she saw herself in that danger and it kind it broke her. And, right. um, it like, she had some issues before, like she was a very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? She was, um, she spontaneous person. She would just do okay. a lot of spontaneous things. And that's what I loved about her. But that was part of her mental health issues. And mm. that right there pushed those mental health issues over the limit. Like it pushed it over and she kind of lost it. Right. So like, I, I believe that you can definitely take home this shit. And then, you know, some people don't really hear you when you're saying you're going crazy. Right. And when you're saying that you're yeah. losing it, people like you, I right, ain't nothing wrong with you. You okay. You know, or they just be and dismissive that, about it or whatever. Right. That's a big issue in our communities as well, that we don't take these mental health issues serious enough. Yeah. You know, it's crazy in, in terms of like, I don't, I don't really want to call it dismissing, but I've, I've, I really felt like I didn't know about mental health or like just the whole idea of it like when i was younger and what kind of fuck like fucked me up a little bit too and i wish i had known about this stuff because i also felt like it would have gave me a way to help somebody else mm. who can need it at any point in their life i had a friend and she actually openly admitted to me that she wanted to commit suicide mm. wow. and i felt like as a younger me who didn't know anything about like mental health i didn't know how to approach that i didn't know how to respond to something like that because it was said like on a whim it was like we were having a conversation and she said you know she was like yeah you know sometimes i think about just like jumping in front of the train i still might do it and da da da, da. and this is a person who i would have never thought even had any wow. issues or anything like that never because it if, if it was there i never seen it you know beyond just like the regular everyday conversations i would have with her about maybe should that would go on in the house but maybe it was just deeper than i than what i can see based on what she was telling me. And I do feel like I did her a disservice because there was nothing that I could have thought to do for her. And I wish I had known about like just programs or numbers to call or something so I can give her like a little bit of help because I can't even front. I think I, I switched the conversation so quick because I was so, I was so oblivious Shocked. to like what really existed. Shocked. You know? Yeah. Like, Wow. What, what am I supposed to right. do? You mm -hmm. know, I'm, t I'm, I'm like 21, 20 hearing about you on the 
kill yourself and I don't got the answers and for that. And that was actually a, a very serious threat because um, in the healthcare field, Mo and I can relate to this is that you only take the serious, um, you take it serious when they have actually plan. have a plan. plan and what she said to you was, was a very, very constructed yeah. plan. She's like, I'm going to jump in front of a train. You take that serious. If someone says, oh, I just want to kill myself, we are trained as healthcare professionals that they're not, that's not serious. If they have an actual plan and have the means to doing something, mm-hmm. then that is something that is like a very serious threat of, you know, committing suicide and, and that's the fact like that she said exactly she, what she wanted to do you know i always ask questions like oh, i just want to kill myself okay yeah. well, how do you i always ask well how do you plan on doing that oh i don't know okay well then that's not a serious it's a thought but it's not a serious it's not a Correct. serious threat now if they said if i said oh um if they told me oh i want to i want to kill myself how i'm going to take a i'm going to take my belt and hang it from my bed that's a plan of action they've already thought that out and plan you yeah, know what i mean so right. that's something that i would take serious Mm-hmm. Or, or if they said I have a gun, um, I want to get a gun and, and and shoot myself, mm-hmm. or get a grenade and shoot my or and blow up myself. But do you have a grenade? Do you have a gun? If you don't have those things, those are not considered like serious threats. How would you articulate that to somebody? Like you want to say as a to them? Well, like you, I'm just thinking to myself, like you don't say it to like, them. How would you, like, you, you never say, say that to them? Verbiage, no, like, you never say that. Oh, you talking about and asking a question or? Like in terms, like the actual verbiage that you use, if someone was like, "Hey, I feel like killing myself," like what would you like in terms of like then how would if, you say? Like, it? like you just said that, Boogie. I feel like killing myself. I would say, "Hey, do you have an actual plan? Do you what way do you feel like? How would right. you do that if you were going to do for it?" For me, even I'm even before, to think if that is like if that's helpful. Like I, I don't know if that would. But before, hmm? for but, me, like if you said to me, um, you know, Mo, I, I feel like I want to kill myself. The first thing I'm going to ask you is. Well, why do you feel like you want to kill yourself? What's going on with you that you feel like you want to kill yourself? You know, I'm, I'm trying to get to the underlying conditions of why is this thought process in your head? So I'm going to ask you, you know, like, well, why do you feel that way? What's going on with you? So, you know, to, to engage you and get that information, because that's going to tell me a little bit more about what's going on with you or what you're feeling. And I may say, well, why do you feel like you need to kill yourself? Why can't we, you know, just talk about that? And maybe by you talking about it, you know, and then I'm going to ask until then my next quick follow up question will be like, well, do you have like, well, how do you plan on killing yourself? And you need to me, you may tell me, you know, I didn't think about, I haven't thought about that. Okay. Well, you know, I'm still kind of di- diffusing you off of, off of that, but I am going to incorporate the question in regards to, you know, like what is your plans around that? But I'm not just going to find out how just, serious it is. Yeah. I need to find you know? out first. I, I'm well, sorry. Why when, do you, you, when you first said that, like, 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 mm-hmm. like, what do you plan? How do you plan to doing it? It's like, I'm thinking if someone was like, I don't know. It's like you put him on the spot to force an answer, and it's like you know he may not be like, "What? Okay, I'm, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that." I don't know. Well, if you're <laughs> serious you're about saying, it, you have a whole word. plan. If you, if you, if you at this it, point, like, you've already you thought I mean? about like, it before. It, it could come off as pressure. Like, yeah, what you? How you gonna actually do that? Like, oh, okay, I, I'm gonna do that. I don't know. You, you forced them. You forced them to come up with a plan. I see right. what you're saying, but no, no, no. Yeah. What is like, the question? I thought that was the opening question. And there's a huge difference between social yeah, work and nursing, nursing. Right. like. Mo came from a very different perspective. Mm-hmm. It's like, what are you feeling? Da, 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 da. And in, in the nursing world, it's what's your plan? How do you plan? And then we get 24 hour coverage on you to prevent suicide. Um, so it's like really different to hear how Mo does it and versus in the actual like medical field. If you're in the hospital, mm-hmm. you say that. Right. Um, and I feel like Mo's way is a more supportive way to handle mm-hmm. people that are not in the hospital, right, obviously. obviously. So like a friend that says it. Or a family member, right. whatever. Now, if they said Absolutely, to me, now, if they had a plan, if they had an exact plan and they told me that they had a plan, I'm of course, immediately I'm calling 911 or I'm having them assessed and I'm going to provide that information, but I'm having them assessed by a mobile crisis who is a team that comes out immediately. You understand? But go ahead. Question, Mo. 
So, so you, that's how you treat them differently as opposed to someone who didn't have a plan, like someone who has a plan as opposed to someone who does have a plan. I don't wait. How did I say that? Someone who does have a plan as opposed to someone who doesn't have a plan. Like, is that the difference in the way you treat them? Well, the difference is I'm still going to, even the person that may not still have a plan, I'm still going to send out mobile crisis because that's the thoughts in their head. For someone that actually has a plan, I'm immediately calling 911 for them to be assessed at a hospital. You know, okay. it's more serious, of a serious crisis. crisis. I'm, I'm calling yeah. 911 for them to be assessed at a hospital, for them to do a full workup assessment, you know, and all of that stuff. However, the person that I, that I spoke with, I'm still giving them the armor of information that's going to support them. And I'm, I have a plan to ensure that they have services that comes out there within 48 hours, within 24 hours to assess that. And I'm going to mm-hmm. provide that information too, as well. So, yeah. Nice. So it's definitely, it's definitely deep. I, Go ahead. Now I was going to say, I'm not sure if this topic was um, touched on, but, mm-hmm. or like this segment, but for people that do not know that they have mental health issues, but you can see that they do. Is it challenging to try to communicate that? Is it even your place to even try to, like, if you see someone who clearly has like, I don't want to say issues like right. that's kind of general, you kind can, of dismissive. But you see that there is an issue or something. Yeah, that it you, depends. Like if I'm dealing with a client, I mean, and I may, I may be like, I'm, you know, finding out background information, but I still may be like, you know, why don't you, you know, um, I'm gonna refer you or get, a, you know, I may refer you to just have an assessment, and in the assessment, that is the the doctor's doctor, and they may come out and say, hey, this person has bipolar. You know, I'm just sending you to go get an assessment. You know. Because I can't, you know, although I may feel like, okay, this person has a lot going on. I think they they have a diagnosis, but because I'm not a medical professional, you know, I can tell you that, but you may not agree with me. So I may tell you, you know, refer you somewhere to go, go to go get an assessment by a medical professional. And through their assessment, they may come back and tell you, hey, we assessed you and, you know, we found that you have this diagnosis. And I agree that I could transfer this. Yeah, I can transfer this outside of, you know, like a client. Outside of a patient, like for me, if, a, like I said, my friend, you know, made some statements and I was like, maybe you need to go see somebody, you know, and especially if I'm in an intimate relationship with someone, I see their trauma a lot. I see trauma. I know how to recognize trauma more frequently than I would have in the past mm-hmm. after doing my own self work. Um, I yes, actually had me and Mo do this like workshop mm-hmm. it helped us. and it actually changed my life. It changed our relationship too, because we were able to really uncover some of the deep issues that we had mm-hmm. that stemmed within ourselves. And then we were able to like open up and share with each other on how those issues affected our, our friendship. Mm-hmm. And we are like, beyond belief tighter than ever. ever now. And when I'm in a relationship intimately with someone and I notice that they have issues or they tell me about some things from the past and they're trying to like, you know, like act like it never happened or, you know, not trying to own their their trauma, I'm more likely to say, hey, I think this is an issue and maybe you do need to go see someone, especially if I'm in a, an intimate relationship and I'm thinking about a future because their issues become generational issues if they don't fix it. And that's why when Flash initially mentioned, yeah, I might not talk about my issues. I'm going to let them go, but I'll do couple stuff. I won't do anything for myself, but your issues, believe it or not, will maybe passed on to your right. children or passed I in just, that I household. Right. Why you say, why like, you disagree? Like, because in a relationship, like the way, you, like it was kind of a verbiage in terms of approaching someone who you think has mental issues. I feel like that can come off like someone could be defensive in terms of like, hey, I think you need to see this, you see this person for that. Someone would be like, hey, I don't think this is an issue, right. even though you may feel it is. And 
you know, I'm not like, obviously if it's something that's blatant, that's very easy to understand, like um, bipolar disease, something like that, like really obvious. I'm not trying to talk about that, but something, you know, that's less easy to identify, I guess, for lack of a better term, maybe it's frustration or, or trauma from the past. And it's like, right. maybe they feel that they have a control over it. And you're saying, no, I don't think you do. And that can be a little bit of a friction. Like it, it may, it can, it, it, it may was. not take it, that. It can. That's what happened. Um, that's what TJ is saying. Right. No, I mean, like, like in, in terms of how you approach someone with mental health, like, especially someone who may not identify it, I feel like that you have to be kind of sensitive about it. You can't just be like, Hey, you have this kind of issue. I think you need to see this. Well, kind of I'm person. not a doctor, like so to, I can never I'm not, say, I'm not talking about you. I'm not saying you, I'm talking about generally. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Generally, I feel like it needs to be kind of sensitive in how you approach it because right. people take it differently. I do agree with that. that. Yeah, I agree. I with do that. agree when you do approach anything. And so I think we're using mental health and trauma interchangeably. And I think they're two, they can be similar, but they're very different things. I'm talking about like a mental diagnosis, like schizophrenia, depression, anxiety, um, bipolar. Those are from anxiety. And I feel like there's things that you experience, like those traumas may not really affect you to give you those diagnoses. I just feel like, and let me just say this, as your partner and I recognize things, I feel like it's my responsibility to bring it up to you in a very sensitive, respectful manner and say, this is what I'm noticing. And I don't, I'm, I'm not saying that what I'm saying is diagnosing you. What I'm saying is this is what I'm noticing and maybe you should get somebody, someone to evaluate you. That's it. I co-sound. And I've experienced that in a relationship and he was completely off. Like he was like, no, I went through what I went through and it made me a better person. Now I, I go hard. You know what I mean? Like I know what it's like to do without. So I figure shit out. And if that person wasn't like that to me or my mother wasn't like that to me, I don't think I would be where I am right now. But then I see them in certain situations and how they behave and how they react. And when we go deeper and we dig down deeper into it. We notice that it stems from the mommy issue. Yeah, peeling you know onion. what I mean? So that's how you know that there's trauma there. And I didn't come to that evaluation. Well, I did come to that evaluation, but I knew because he wasn't open to hearing it from me, mm-hmm. we actually saw a counselor together. And that's where the counselor was like, you need therapy by yourself. And then you guys can continue with this therapy for the relationship. But you definitely need something to support the trauma that you've experienced that has created a lot of issues in your life. And you don't need to keep downplaying it as if it's nothing. I, I agree with that 100%. And moving forward, I'm going to just say this last part. Moving forward, I want to date somebody or I want to be in relationship with people that understand their trauma and they're working on it. And I'm completely, I'm, I'm always working on myself. I'm working on my trauma every day. Uh, and I, I fuck up every day. Like I black out and I get angry as fuck. <laughs> and that's a we part are. of my trauma. And I'm aware of it. And I can step back after the fact and be like, yo, that was unbecoming, not how I wanted to react. I need to respond and not be reactive. Like I'm aware of it. I can no longer be in relationship with anyone that does, is not aware of their trauma and can't acknowledge that and handle that anymore. I'm, I'm over that phase in my, in, at this stage in my life. I'm done. Right. I hear I'm that. Done. Absolutely. Okay. No, that was yes. beautiful. Um, yeah, that was so this, solid. So this topic, you know, we, we, we dig deep today. We we really did. Um, I appreciate all the... Wait, Mash, didn't yeah. you have something to say? Nah, I was just going to co-sign with you in terms of like, because I think that it's not just romantic relationships. I, w- I do it for my friends. Like the people that I love and I care about, I give them my honest, genuine feedback about how I feel about what they tell me. I agree. And if they tell Absolutely. me something that's concerning... I'm going to tell them like, yo, that's, that's a problem, my guy. Or, you know, as that's you a problem, should. homie. Like, you gotta, you should probably look into that further because as your friend, I'm your soundboard. And, you know, I say things that you that's. may not see. And 
if I don't bring it to your attention, I'm not a good friend. I'm doing you a disservice, you know? So when TJ yeah. mentioned that mm. type of vulnerability that she would have with her partner, I want to have that with all the people that are close to me. I want all the people that's close to me to know that I can, I can be that voice for you if you need help. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I want you to be that voice for me because I'm not perfect either at all. You know, so whatever yep. things, inconsistencies you see that I mm-hmm. present, I want you to bring that to the forefront. And if it hurts my feelings, I'll get over it. You know what I mean? Just like you going to get over it, but you, because you know it comes from a place of love. So I agree with you 100%, TJ. Absolutely. Yeah. When I brought it to my friend's attention, she was upset with me, but didn't share it with me. She shared it with everyone else. And then after the fact, she, I, I don't know, she came to some kind of, I don't know, what a epiphany and was like, okay, maybe she was coming from a loving place. And then acts somewhat like did a, a, a offering to, to get the friendship back. And I was like, okay, I'm going to allow her back in my life. But the truth is, I don't want none of that energy around me. I don't want, and mm-hmm. I, and it's different levels of friendships, you know, like you have your associates, you have your co, you have the people that you keep, but the, the real people around me, I need you to your understand circle. your trauma your and I'm going to try my best to, to share, you know, what I, what I see in a very loving and respectful way, but I need that energy around me. And that's why when I did that self-help workshop that changed my life, I took my sister Mo with me. Yep. I took my mother with me. I took my sisters with me because I need that. And anyone that I love and I want them in my life, I introduced it to. And if you didn't, if you weren't open to it, that's a whole nother thing. Trust me, TJ um, checks me. And that's why you, I keep you at another level. <laughs> she Say that checked, again, Mo. No, I said, you know, yeah, like TJ checked me. Like, but I know that she, I don't take it personal because if she's I checking me, you. like, Mo. I she'll she shows preface it with saying I love you and I'm like all right she about to get into me but that you know <laughs> however the same way when I like even with TJ she checks I mean, me too I check her too I may be like nah bro you like, check I don't, me all like, time. That was, like nah yeah. I didn't agree with that you shouldn't have done that you know what I mean so we check each other but that's the beauty of it because the fact that we could check each other it's no love lost behind that because we're so genuine. Like it's coming from a place of ge- of genuineness. Like I want right. the best for her the same way she wants the best for me. So right. if you got to check me on something, yes, please. Cause I'm always, I always want to uh, uh, improve myself, but not only that, sometimes consciously we may not know that we're doing something, you know? So sometimes it does need to bo- be brought to the forefront so that we're able to right. identify it because I, you know, I'm not perfect. I don't see everything that I do. So you may point that out to me and I'm like, you mm-hmm. know what? Let me now work on that. Now that I know that I'm doing that and, uh, you know, before I was unconscious of it, but let me make an effort to really improve that, you know? Initially, I was turned and off. That I, sorry. Initially, that, I was turned off by what you said, TJ, when you said you cut off people who weren't willing to adjust. But then I just thought about it. It's like, it's- I don't an, cut I, them off. No, I just distance them. Right. You distance them. But I started thinking about it takes effort. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. you have to put Agreed. effort into wanting to fix whatever shit's wrong with you, you know? And if- people around you aren't willing to put forward that effort then i can understand you know you not feeling like you should put forward that effort because if they're not even going to put forward the effort then why should you you know so i I understand that i understand that yeah i can support you we can do the couples therapy and that's cool but if you don't want to help yourself i can't push you to that you have to do that on your own every therapist is going to say the same thing like that I can't make this person come, you know, I know that you want them to come, but they have to come on their own. Just like uh, addiction. That's another mental illness, by the way. We didn't even touch on that. And I know time is running, but I did want to make a point and I feel like I'm losing it right now is, okay, here's my point. It's I, I, important to know. Point, sure. sure, Boogie. 
I, and I'm sorry, I did not want to be rude and cut you off. Please, that's okay. I, I was rude no, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Totally, go ahead. I'll, I'll like, I hold in, it. In terms of what you and TJ said, and even what Matt said, in terms of of him, you know, having that kind of a social circle, and even you with the workshop with um, right. your family, your sisters, and all that. Trust is something that is a secret ingredient. I feel is very helpful in mental health because if you trust 100%, someone and buddy, that person yes. trusts you, like that, you know, it, it makes it easy to kind of work through that issue when when trust is not a factor. Um, so that's just something I observed in terms of listening to y'all. And I feel like that is, that is so important. I didn't even think about that. Trust yeah, is, very, a, is very important. I say necessary. That's a key element. It's, it's um, actually yeah, the key. Go ahead. You want to yeah. say something flash and then back to TJ? And I just thought that was real dope. Cause when I think about, when I think about that, I'm like, yeah, like, yo, imagine like if you go through this world and you really ain't got nobody to trust, but yourself and shit, like mm, you, that's difficult. That's lonely as fuck, bro. Yeah, and yeah, I, that's I, dog. I, I used to be like that. I didn't trust nobody. Mm. It, it was hard to tell people because right. mm-hmm. I just didn't trust it, what they was going to do with it. Mm. Or you didn't or trust it. Gen- care or not, or whether they were against me. And I wonder where those trust issues come from for you, Boogie. Where do you think those issues come from? Where where they have they first started? To keep it a hundred, that's just me growing up. I've had like issues. So it of, happened deep in your family. Yeah, I've had like issues of betrayal or just uh, right. things I perceived as betrayal. Right. And I guess I've held it on. What's the first age you felt like you felt that? I don't that? have an age, but I know for a fact that I had a journal as a kid. And I know I used to write in that journal. I used to like, I used to write with the, and I hide it. Like I did not think people was going to find it. Family members found it. And it just, it kind of messed me up because I don't know. They was like, they never talked to me about it, but they damn sure took the book. And it's like. I don't know that it, it was hard to kind of like communicate shit going on after that. It's hard to articulate, but that no, I know I started get, at no, that I point. No, I get what you're saying. Oh, it's, it's not, not hard to, to understand though. You could get trust issues from someone betraying your trust at such a young right. age, and you yeah, have trust right. issues now. That just makes sense to me. That like, just makes there was sense no to me to discuss what was in the book. It was just they read it, mm-hmm. they took it, they read it, they made the assumption, and as a child, it was I could do to argue with them. Right. But I, I think at that point, I kind of like. I kept things to myself because I didn't want to have anyone assume anything, you know? But that's what I'm saying. Just And, and I think that's part of it. The judgment that you probably would have would have felt. That, like you said, if they would have came and discussed it with you, you could have articulated or expressed how you felt. So now it's just them having this assessment or judgment of you that now makes you feel differently towards them. And that's completely understandable. Completely understandable. Yeah. So definitely. Right. Even bigger than that, you know, like, someone betraying your trust by reading something behind your back instead of saying, hey, I found this book. Is it okay if, you know, uh, and I did read it or at least being honest, hey, I, I did read it and I want to discuss like some of the things in it. Are you like open it, to, yeah, yeah are like, you open to me discussing that with you? You know, and then growing up in a Caribbean household, anything in my house is mine. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to read your book and I don't give a shit. You know what I'm saying? And I'm going and, and to check you on it. I can get that. Like I, I get as a parent, like this year, Chris, you got you to gotta be aware with what's going on inside I, your home. I disagree. As a parent, you still need to ask permission. No, you still need to ask permission in the home. I I believe you still need it to ask permission. It depends on the age. I feel like if it's five, six, I'm not. I mean, I don't know. I, I know as a teenager, I feel like you got to be respectful. As a teenager, you don't go through. You, you have to show respect as a young adult. Um, as a parent to a child, you don't you don't treat them like that in terms of going through their shit. Um, I was going to say that boogie. I had a similar instance as you when I was a kid with my journal because I used to journal as well. And my mom's mm-hmm. found my journal and she embarrassed mm-hmm. me one day. She read it. To like people around, and I thought to myself, "How dare you? How dare you read my journal to people around?" You know, and I thought to myself, "Like, like as a joke or some shit like that, or no, like no, 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 serious, like a serious when I was an adult, like when I was an adult, like when I was an adult." She's like, "Oh, I found this. Let me show you what Malik I used to write." And I was like, "Yo, what's wrong with you? Why would you? Why would you oh, do that?" Like you talked to, her or you just yeah. like played it off. Like, yeah, no, nah, we we spoke we we spoke about it, but then I just remember like as a kid, like how powerful that journal was for me. 
You know, like that journal Day was for four, me. Chicken again. The fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm tired of this goddamn macaroni. I hate crab. I fucking I hate crab. She know I'm lactose intolerant. She makes this shit every fucking day. You know, like so. Yo, why do I feel like as a parent, if I read that, I will, I whoop your ass. I don't know why. I feel like you should get ass for that. I'm, I'm sorry. That's oh, fucking nice. Oh, you gonna disrespect my cooking in your journal? Really? You gonna watch the distract chicken again? Okay. Oh my gosh. Y'all are hilarious. Y'all are hilarious. <laughs> nah, not at all. Nah, but go ahead, Flash. Yeah. I just wanna throw that in there. Nah, nah, nah. I was I wasn't gonna say nothing. I forgot my statement. Go ahead. I have my last statement. I just wanted to say that it's a my last statement, sorry. I know no, that's it's fine. been a long Read, episode is... and it's been super juicy and thank yes. you for moderating it. But Facts. I wanna just say that for me, it's important to the people that's close to me that they trust me enough to share their trauma with me so that when I see them, you know, experiencing something, I can check them and be like, hey, do you think this stems from whatever, whatever, mm-hmm. you know? And then they take a look back and they're like, oh, shit, yes, you know? And same thing, yeah, I do it with Mo <laughs> and she does it with me. She's like, you run away from everything. everything. And, and, you know, I know that me running in relationships have stemmed back to how I was raised and, you know, the things that happened in my household. And the things that I'm going to put up with and things I'm not going to put up with, I am making a concerted effort as I grow older to really stick out some of these relationships. And sometimes shit happens and I'm like, yo, this is it. Like, I'm done. And I'm noticing myself stick around a little longer. Momo is like, yo, I'm proud of you. Like, you really stuck this out. Like, you really tried. Even with this last relationship, Mm -hmm. it was some bullshit. Yeah. And I tried. And I tried and we did counseling together from the beginning because, and that's another topic that we didn't even get to discuss, Mm -hmm. but I, I love the fact that we did counseling from the beginning. Some people think, oh, we only have counseling when we have issues, Mm -hmm. but someone can guide the relationship. If you guys are both ready for that next level. To prevent issues. Yeah, to prevent issues. And it was working. Or learn how to work through the issues. Through the counseling. Correct. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Give you those tools. And when we had this last issue, I was like, hey, do you want to go see, you know, like the pastor about this? And he was like, no. And so for me, that was like, okay, are you committed to fixing this? Are you committed to working on this? And he said no. And that's my, that's now my move for me to leave. If you don't want to get help, you don't, you're not committed to fixing whatever our issues are. Now it's time for me to leave. And I don't get to, you know, pressure myself to stick it out anymore because I know that that's my issue. I don't want to endure trauma. I'm the one working on a problem. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, I don't want to working on it. Correct, but I don't want to endure more trauma trying to stay in a relationship that's not going to serve me because this person is not committed or willing to to, to create the change. Address the problems yes. that they have. Facts. Right. Mm-hmm. That's, facts. That's, that's absolutely true. Um, Can I throw one thing before we yes, go? Mash, I just, I'm go sorry. Ahead. No, and, go ahead, man. Yes. <laughs> go ahead. Oh, this is such a good topic. This is such a good topic. I love it. I love it. I love it. So, 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 I'm not going take too long you know no, i just want to bring something to everybody's attention that i found one when i was researching this topic um there's a, a sister by the name of dr nadine burke harris and she has a ted talk and she talks about aces and it's basically adverse childhood experiences and how mm-hmm. adverse childhood experiences which could be physical emotional sexual abuse uh physical neglect uh parental who has substance abuse uh incarceration uh parental separation divorce domestic violence all of those things get tallied up and the tally of those things versus health outcomes are they correlate so people who have high mm. adverse childhood experiences have higher risk of lung disease depression suicide yeah. like i didn't know that this was a thing until i did this research today and i wanted to share this with the podcast so anybody who 
is interested at all could just YouTube uh, Nadine Burke Harris TED Talk in 2015. Let's drop that in the little description yes. with yes, the suicide sure. number. Thank you. I'm going to do sure. that. Thank you so much, Mash. And that, I, I want to watch it myself. Thank you for that, Mash. Yeah, no doubt. Just look that up. Uh, that's dope shit, I also want to leave two gems, you know, because, you know, this topic could be heavy and, and, you know, we have people listening and we don't know what anybody's going through. So I wanted to leave mobile crisis number. Heavy. Right. The mo- this is a mobile crisis team number. It's Actually, 188-NYC-WELL, which is 1-888-692-9355. And I also want to leave the suicide prevention number, which is 800-273-8255. So I also I just wanted to drop those gems so that we have those two things plus Nadine Burke-Harris. We thank you guys for listening and supporting us. And I want to say that yes. my pastor... <laughs> Good job, moderator. Good job. My pastor does the mobile crisis in Brooklyn, and he's amazing. So anybody in Brooklyn what's his name? is, what's is his in name? great hands. What's his name? Reverend Shannon. What's the, what's the name of the church? He doesn't have a church. Oh, he's a reverend without a church? He gangster as shit. Yes. I never heard that shit like well, that. Well, he, he does. <laughs> he does it all over the phone. But he does a lot of couples counseling. He's amazing. I spoke to a pastor over the phone. That's actually pretty helpful sometimes. Yeah. He does the mobile crisis yeah. unit in Brooklyn. Perfect. He's amazing. He's got like heart to hearts with him and all that shit too. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Reverend Shannon, yeah. we're going to plug you too. We're going to lock in your info. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. T- take us out, Thank mom. you for listening to Sophisticatedly Ratchet. I know it was a deep topic, but it was necessary. Dang, it was definitely necessary. We thank you. We love you. Keep supporting us. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Sophisticatedly Ratchet podcast. Let us know your thoughts on the episode. Do you agree? Disagree? Tell us how you really feel. Email us at therealsrpodcast at gmail.com. We release new episodes every Wednesday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Please be sure to subscribe and follow us on IG, Twitter, and YouTube. Go to the srpodcast.com to link to all our social media platforms. Don't forget to like and share our episode with your fellow sophisticatedly ratchet friends. See you next Wednesday. <laughs>